Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? It's episode three, Andrew. Sauce on the side. Ooh, I like the way you said that. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Do it again. You also had your own big announcement. Oh, we, yeah. We mentioned it last episode, but I think you should hit it again because this is a big deal. By the way, this is my producer, Andrew. Producer for the moment. Hot. Oh, wow. Mm. You, have, well. you have bigger things to do. But you know what? I am loving being here with you. And yes, Gandhi, to piggyback off that our, my podcast serial killers was nominated for best food podcast at the 2024 iHeartRadio podcast awards whoop, whoop, whoop. and next you'll find out when you oh my god really <laughs> yeah we're nominated next to like these huge food podcasts and then there's like me and scotty's jankity like serial podcast we've been doing for like four years i love your podcast thank you i think it's awesome and you guys make me laugh as evidenced in the last episode <laughs> a little bit unhinged but i'm here for it some of them are with like famous chefs and like by like award-winning journalists and then you got me and scotty like which i think is actually i think that could be great though because you guys are kind of like the offshoot the alternative yeah to the mainstream like Eva Longoria man of course sounds like a shoe in right but maybe it's time for the indie stuff to take over yeah that's what I'm thinking like we're really uh, the lowest man on the totem pole in terms of the podcasts nominated so underdog story it's a great place to it's be our slumdog millionaire yay <laughs> I'm so excited for you guys and I hope it works out thank you so much I can't much. wait fingers crossed alright so today I am super excited and I know you're super excited why don't you give a little background real quick because we're going to let her introduce herself and do all of that but how did you find our next guest. I have been in love with Nicole and Jemmy's Instagram page for years. I've just been fascinated by it. She's posted the craziest things. And so I, you started this podcast and I said to myself, self, what better blend of weirdness could I put together? Oh, (laughs) and I am just so, so excited. She said, yes, she was super down for it. So I can't wait to have her on to talk all things dead bodies. Let's just bring her in. Yeah. You know what? I was going to introduce you, but why don't you introduce what you do so I don't get it wrong? Okay. (laughs) Hi, I am a pathologist assistant, so I have spent my training and my career doing autopsies and dissecting organs from surgeries. Which is incredible. Now, you, through doing this, have amassed a massive following on Instagram. Yes. You have your own podcast, right? Yes. And you have a book that I got the other day. It's called Nicole and Jemmy's Anatomy Book, The Catalog of Familiar, Rare, and Unusual Pathologies. It has a warning sticker on the front because <laughs> of graphic content. And when you open it, I mean, I have, I've just, I've flagged pages here because I look at some of these things and I'm like, I might have that. <laughs> I know I'm not dead yet, but when I read all of these things, I might just have diagnosed myself with it. How did you get to where you are right now? So I had my daughter who's here with us today when I was in ninth grade and I had to go to college and get a job because I needed health insurance for her. So I was really bad in school and I, but I thought I have to go to college and just become a nurse so I could get insurance. It's like the quickest amount of time to go to school and get a job. And I started college for nursing school. And as soon as I took biology, I started using the microscope for the first time in my life. 
because you have to remember I had my daughter in high school and then I dropped out so I never took like normal classes Mm -hmm. Um, and then I fell in love with the microscope on the very first day and I asked my teacher hey is there a job I could get like looking under the microscope all day (laughs) and it kind of went from there and I figured out this job called cytotechnology which is looking at cells under the microscope and like getting pap smears I'm sure you've had them every woman has hopefully Um, so yeah yeah, I was like the person looking at them to screen for cancer and stuff and I always tell this story of one day I was working and there was a commotion in the hallway and there was this really horrible smell something I've never smelled before Um, it wasn't poop it wasn't pee it just was like a (laughs) funky (laughs) smell and when I went to see what the commotion was all the people were standing in the hallway saying that the leg refrigerator broke and it was leaking and I was like I was like wait what's what's a leg refrigerator what are you talking about and I go over there and there's this refrigerator that looks like something you would see in a pizza shop that has all the sodas lined up but instead there was like these amputated legs wrapped up in biohazard bags but like the shape of a leg just laying in like five of them inside of this refrigerator I was like what what's happening over here right now this is this is like mind-blowing to me and then I saw people at cutting boards with giant ovaries and and appendixes and gallbladders and stuff and then right at that moment I was like I want to work over here and then I went back to school got my education that I needed to and that's how I got into it okay so I have two questions about that one what is there a refrigerator full of legs for (laughs) so Normally, when you send something down to surgical pathology, it'll come in a jar in formaldehyde, which keeps it preserved so it doesn't rot. Because when you cut off body parts, they rot just like meat would rot if you didn't have it, (laughs) Um, which is fine. But obviously, a leg, you can't stick in a jar. It's too big. So anything... We also stuck other things, like if people got really big tummy tucks or something, like big pieces of skin or anything that we couldn't fit in a jar would go in the fridge. Okay, that was the first question. I have so many. <laughs> As this starts to go, we're going to have a million. Um, what was the smell? It was like decomposition. Of it, these it, legs? That, yeah, was the fridge bad? What was going yeah, the on? Fr- the fridge was broken, and it was the legs had been overnight just basically sitting in room temperature and these legs are cut off most of the time anyway because the person has gangrene so they already smell as it is (laughs) and then just yeah just like not being refrigerated just further enhances the decomposition process so that's what it was it was the smell of decomposition so you smelled that you saw that and you were like you know what this (laughs) is for me yeah and the 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 the, um, doctor that was running the pathology department was trying to talk me out of it he's like you come to work every day and you wear a clean coat and you sit at a cubicle and look at slides you're going to have to touch poop blood you're going to be dirty and I was like yeah this is it this is it (laughs) (laughs) is there anything at this point that can gross you out not really like if I would get uh, this is kind of crazy to think this getting an amputated leg doesn't bother me at all but sometimes they come with like maggots on them and stuff oh and (laughs) thinking about the fact that that was just attached to a person that was alive really bothers me and it makes me have this like skin crawly sensation that I have to go home and take a shower but other than that like no I not really does that mean the maggots were on the human when the human was alive yes if you have a wound like a diabetic ulcer or something on your foot and flies can land on there and lay eggs and maggots could hatch and sometimes you lose the feeling in your leg and people that are older and it's the summer whatever they don't have a caretaker um so yeah, I would get that leg like in surgical pathology, the person's still alive. They just had surgery to remove the leg and it would have maggots on it still. Oh my god. And it just yeah, th- I mean I actually feel worse for nurses that have to take care of patients that have things like that and wrap their wound with a smile. Like at least yeah. in pathology you could be like, Ugh, this <laughs> is nasty and you know. Wait, before we go any further here, drop your Instagram name so that people, if they're listening to this and they also want to go check out your Instagram and see some of the stuff that we're talking about. Okay. It's my name basically. It's Mrs. and then underscore Angemi A N G E M I. And there's some stuff on there. I was <laughs> creeping through and thought, oh my goodness, you just do this every day. Never any nightmares, never any issues with it? No. <laughs> Does that scare your kids? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that my kids always, because I don't let them have phones yet because they're nine and 10, but they always want to go on my phone. So they'll grab my phone and I have like 80,000 photos on my phone. So they always come across something and they're like, what is that? But 
it's normal. Every everyone in my family knows that that's my life. So through all of this, I mean, you have to have learned so much about human anatomy, about crime. I'm sure in some ways. Do you guys ever dive into that and help figure out what happened to this person? Yeah. So part of our training for school was to do forensics. So we we all spent time at the medical examiner's office. I was there for one summer doing autopsies from homicides and suicides and accidents. Also in surgical pathology. People don't realize this a lot of times, but we do get forensic specimens because people get shot all the time, but they survive. So they'll, you know, cut out a piece of the small intestine and send it down to the lab. And we have to look at the gunshot wound. Sometimes there's been a rare occasion where there was a projectile still inside of the bowel or something that we have to then hand over to police. And um, so it's, it's cool. And also people get in accidents all the time um i was in philadelphia so one time we had a person that was run over by septa had an amputation and um so we would get like traumatic amputations too so when you're doing all of this and you say okay let's recover maybe a bullet or something from this piece of whatever part of the body it was do you guys ever help to actually solve the crime like they do on tv like oh the medical examiner said blah 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 so this is what must have happened or is that all just really hyped up for tv no it doesn't it doesn't really work like that like we will put our findings of where we found an entrance wound or something like that and then that would be like something they need to decide usually that's done by like a completely different uh, crime lab or something like that and investigators on that and i would not particularly i just say what I see and that's it and they take that information and do what they want with it so when you're watching I don't know do you watch true crime do you watch you know any of these like (laughs) well my mom used to my mom and dad used to watch CSI all the time and I would just get up and walk I'm just like this is such bullshit like they would just do these things that would take normally months for people in an episode and it just would annoy me you know (laughs) when you hear celebrity stories about certain people who have passed away do you have immediate guesses i mean there have been some crime scene photos that have come out which are very disturbing um but do you look at these things and think oh i know what went down over here so i do every i have a website called thegrossroom.com okay and every week i do a celebrity death dissection i say and i go over a celebrity death and i go into detail like what they found at the scene, like what the autopsy might look like, like some of the findings, because I get the autopsy reports, most of them are public, and I just look and say like, this is what their autopsy would have looked like. This is the things that we would have seen with this person. Every single time it, you'll hear someone, oh, they died of cardiac arrest. And then I'm like, yeah, no shit. Their heart stopped. Right. Oh, wow. That's how they died. That's how everybody dies. Like right. you don't die from what what caused them to go into cardiac arrest. Like I, I always want to know those questions. So yeah, I'm like always on it because it's very fascinating to me. So what are some of the more fascinating celebrity deaths? Because I think that there are a lot of people who don't understand until maybe just now exactly what you said. Cardiac arrest is kind of a cop out as far as your cause of death because yeah, everybody's heart's going to stop. That's what kills you and your brain activity stopping, right? Yeah. So which celebrities have you been blown away by some of the stuff that well, you found. Well, I just did a really a really interesting one last week on Mike Williams. He was an NFL player who died at 36 years old, and that was kind of shocking because anytime anybody dies that young, young, you're like, what happened? Oh my God, they're sure. younger than me. And um, here he had brain abscesses in his in his head and that is an infection like a collection of pus and they so whenever you see that at autopsy you're going to say what caused this infection because normal healthy young people especially do not just get infections like that in their brain and then when they backtracked they found that it stemmed from a tooth infection and really so he had like poor dental care wasn't just going getting cleanings and getting cavities filled and ultimately that infection led to his brain infection and killed him so I thought that that was it's interesting to cover that because a lot of people don't realize how important your teeth are and how they could kill you if you don't take care of them so that was just one example of like one of the more interesting ones that I've covered I mean that just blew my mind I had no idea that that was even possible I was thinking oh some type of CTE yeah so it's cool it's cool to like because people the the cases are more known and then you could really sit there and break it down and say what happened it was like with lisa marie presley for instance she had this small bowel obstruction and then you say well what would have caused the small small bowel obstruction and then you know that you when you have surgeries you get scarring and adhesions just like you would get on your skin and sometimes it could cause one of your organs like your intestine to stick to the inside wall of your abdomen and then the poop can't 
flow through correctly anymore. Because think about like if you have a hose in your hand and you kink it, the water doesn't get through. It's the same kind of thing with your bowel and that could cause you to die. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you've got, was it Mike Williams? Yes. So we said, and now Lisa Marie Presley. Have there been any other celebrity cases where it was reported one way, and then when you look at the case, you think, mm, this is actually very different than the way it was reported? Oh, for Bob Saget, for example, that was a big thing that they were trying to say, you know, that it was related to the COVID vaccine at first oh. and all this stuff. That They went down that hill, and then... When I heard that he had this that he had this traumatic brain injury, essentially, like I thought, okay, well, that's what happened. Like he he had to have hit his head on something, and and we discussed that, and there was lots of people online saying certain things, and I thought, like, no, you didn't you didn't look at the all. They were saying he had to be murdered, he had to be hit with a baseball bat or something significant, and I was just like, nah, dude, this is he bumped his head on the headboard or something if his wife was there with him or something or someone was with him they would have noticed maybe that he wasn't okay and would have called and he could have went to the hospital and survived that it just was a matter of being alone and going to sleep and after something like that god how sad yeah it it is sad when stuff like that happens so with all of your background in medicine and and pathology i'll say how frustrating is it to you when things like that do happen, where there's clear evidence of what went down, but then you have all the conspiracy theory people popping out of the woodwork and saying, well, obviously that was a complication of, example, a COVID vaccine. Does that drive you nuts 
Yeah, it does. I just try to, (laughs) I try to ignore it because I don't want to, I don't want to be like one of those troll type people that go on people's page and try to call them out that they're wrong or whatever. I'm just like, my husband always is telling me, just worry about things that you have control over, you know, and it's something, it's a constant lesson in my life to just try to ignore that kind of stuff. So now looking at all of these people who you deal in the dead, all these people who have died, do you ever take a look at someone who is living and say, I can see right now that there's something going on. Yeah, all the time. What are some of the the biggest signs that you see or biggest red flags that you see in people who are alive still? Just certain people I'll look and see that if they have like a weird skin lesion, you could see if people have different kind of like swelling conditions in their legs. Like a lot of times too, um, my followers will send me messages and say like, hey, what do you think about this? And then I'll start asking them lots of questions. Like I don't ever diagnose people or give people I guess I would say I do give them medical advice as far as like you need to try to make a doctor's appointment with this person I don't ever say like take this medicine or anything I just try to guide them like where I think they need to go next because they're not getting answers where they're currently at so you know that's very kind of you it's also got to be exhausting (laughs) well I, I I feel I feel bad for people because people are going through stuff sometimes and I'll say, send me your, your blood work and your CT work. And I look at it and the, uh, the answer is like pretty obvious to me, like where the next testing or something should be. But the way the medical system's set up, it's like you go to this doctor. Sometimes you need a referral for this doctor. You can't get into this doctor for six months. Like I, I wish there was a way to kind of cut the bullshit for people because people are suffering with stuff. I could I feel like I could quiz you about this stuff all day. <laughs> Not even quiz you. I'm just so fascinated by what it is that you're doing and all the things that you see every day. I mean, what's some of the strangest stuff that you've had to remove from either a body or a body part? So we people don't realize this either but if you go to the emergency room like if your kid swallows a quarter they're going to take the quarter out of the kid and send it to pathology everything that gets taken out so if you get your implants switched out we get the old implants if you get a new hip replacement we get the old hip replacement hardware taken from your back and also we get really crazy stuff like like foreign bodies that usually men stick up their ass and like <laughs> it gets stuck. It's always men, right? That it's are, always, not always, but well, mostly men. It's all it's it's usually men, and it's usually men because they have a prostate gland, and it's like the clitoris of, for a man, right? So like they just instead of us just talking about like men like butthole pleasures, like we can't, so they have to do these secret things like stick shampoo bottles in their ass and it gets sucked up and they have to go to the emergency room first of all a shampoo bottle is insane that is oh, big yeah a shampoo bottle is the one of the common ones though really I've gotten, yes in the shower i guess really? you're like feeling kind of free yeah if there's a mess you can clean it up. well also you're not ordering a dildo online or going to a store and buying one it's embarrassing and and, and that's you see that type of stuff in like the older dudes especially really? that because it's like they're not into the whole you could order this on the internet and it comes in a white box and like nobody knows what it is thing um but believe it or not like this entire time of all these foreign bodies that I got at the hospital I only got a dildo one time and it had a wide base and a suction cup on it too but it's still and it was really long but it just and it got all the way up there like that- covered in poop and everything still they don't clean it off it's like Great. but I've gotten like really like lots of veg obviously like cucumbers and stuff people would use <laughs> but I got like a half eaten pear once what <laughs> it's just like crazy shit um flashlights like just people just just crazy stuff it's the, the very first one I got was a, a travel toothbrush holder and it was on a, a like and I don't know I didn't know anything about it when I first started and I looked at it and it was like a 75 year old guy and I was like what why would he put this up his butt and then I had to get the lesson of like why guys like that so I was like oh, okay cool learn something new every day yeah do most of these people make it through yeah oh okay. yeah okay so nothing- I, I mean, they they and and talking to the ER nurses and stuff a lot. They all come in and say they have like these crazy stories of how they like fell on it. They they never just say, "Hey, I was pleasuring myself and it went wrong and I couldn't get it out." It's it, there's always like this story with it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they. I mean, I I imagine it's incredibly embarrassing. Oh sure. I mean, sometimes 
it's more difficult than that because if it's really large and they don't feel like they could safely pull it out, they have to go in and, and sometimes cut the colon open and take it out. And that it's a major surgery at that point. So the PSA here would be just buy the sex toy. It's probably <laughs> the, safer yeah, than the, the cucumber. The wide base sex toy would be the most would be the, like the safest I would think like you don't think about this until if when I say this you'll think about this like when you have to poop right sometimes if you can't go to the bathroom like the feeling goes away right yeah well that that it like sucks it back up in out of the the canal where it's supposed to come out of so if you put a foreign object up there it will suck it in and you can't get it out so you just you just have to be careful. <laughs> really, you want one that you could like install against the wall that's just like not <laughs> not going not, anywhere. Yes, exactly. Just bolted down. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen something wild that's actually killed somebody? We've had so many cases of people swallowing things that you would think because not only do you have you obviously have the foreign bodies from the rectum but also you have people that have mental health issues so they're like we had this guy that he would swallow broken shards of glass screws and tips of knives like he actually would cut the tips of knives off and we would get them like every week from the same guy he would get the procedure done get them removed and i got a butter knife from someone's esophagus one time pens from someone's esophagus now that you think of this i'm thinking of a story that was on the news a couple weeks ago that there was this girl who said that she had been eating thanksgiving dinner and she choked on the turkey and she tried to get it out and ended up swallowing an entire toothbrush and (laughs) i called bullshit on that right away because i was like no that's something that's seen with people that are bulimic they use like larger objects because their fingers don't do the job anymore to to make the gag reflex happen and i've gotten lots of things like long items like butter knives and and pens and things that from people that that were had bulimia what about as far as as far as death goes, when you see young people who were fairly healthy for the most part, we're not talking about cancer, what is the most common cause that you encounter? It, it, obesity, 100%. And, and I when get, you say obesity, I mean, obviously it would be complications from that. So like high cholesterol, yeah, heart attack? Usually their heart, it's, it's like a heart failure thing. Just all of their organs covered in visceral fat which is fat on the organs it just may, your your organs don't work as well when they're covered in this heavy coating of it, the fat not only insulates but it just it it restricts the heart from moving correctly and um yeah i i had a guy too that w- he had he was really morbidly obese and he just dropped out he was 30 some years old and then when i was doing the autopsy i found all these huge lymph nodes in his armpits and here he had lymphoma but like he wouldn't even have been able to know it because he was just so large like I'm not even sure I kept feeling from the outside like if I was a physician or even him to see if I could know that that was there and there was just so much fat in the chest that you couldn't even feel these huge lymph nodes that on an average sized person would be glaring at a, at a physician's appointment. And I get a lot of shit on Instagram because people say I fat shame and everything. I just don't, <laughs> I don't care. Cause I'm, I'm like, I'll just tell you what I see. And like, it's not, it's not how it's not healthy. Like I'm not trying to say your body doesn't look good. The inside of your body doesn't look good. Like I don't care what the outside of your body looks like. So so for you have you know obviously seeing these different things has it made you live your life differently eat differently yeah I try to be I and I get better as time goes on like I really I don't drink because I think alcohol is a huge issue too especially for people in our age range like no when you say our age range which age range are you talking to for the people who are well listening? I'm 44 oh, okay so oh my I God, you say, look like you're 30 <laughs> I'm, I'm just preserved from all the formaldehyde that's <laughs> all but I would say like people that are like like 30 to 50 like okay. it's just like this I, I talk to people all the time and and I think a lot of people are actually alcoholics and don't even realize it just the the amount of alcohol that's just constantly being consumed casually anymore it's poison in your body so it's I'm just kind of not into it and it also I'm not into it for other reasons like I want to function the next day like I have a schedule I don't I like to sleep well things like that <laughs> But yeah, as far as eating goes too, like I really am trying, especially now since I have little ones too, like I try to cook for the most part, I, I cook us like scratch dinners because I am, I'm scared of the increased risk of colon cancer in younger people now is it's like, it has to be directly correlated to our food. So 
you are what you eat kind of thing, you know? So I'm just trying to stay on top of that. And then the same with my weight. Like I'm like a normal person. I've, I've gone through three pregnancies. I've been up to 200 and some pounds. It's a struggle for me every day. I want to eat ice cream all day, like, and cupcakes and everything else. Same. Right. But I, I know what it does. So I have this rule that, that like, I'm good at this size. I'm like, wear a size 10 or size 12. I'm like an average weight and everything, higher end of average. <laughs> and as soon as my pants start getting tight, I reel it in. I won't go, th- that's like the biggest word of advice I have is like, don't go buy a bigger pair of pants. Because when you could reel it in and lose five pounds, you could do that easily yourself if you just restrict for like two weeks. And if you let it go, then now you have like an extra 10 or 15 pounds you could put on in that new size. And then that's way harder to lose. It's it's just reel it in. What about smoking? Smoking is just off limits completely. Like yeah. <laughs> I will tell everybody that it's just the most horrible thing you could do because it doesn't just cause lung cancer. It causes like seven other kinds of cancers too. And cardiovascular disease, everything. It's just horrible for you. And are you talking cigarettes or weed or both? Because I know so many people who smoke weed, I smoke a little weed myself, who will try and convince you it's not as bad. The, The biggest thing is it's like when you burn anything, it changes the composition of that. So let's talk about 9-11, for example. Like, if you walk by those buildings all the time and stuff, nobody's getting cancer from just breathing in around the buildings. But when you set them on fire, along with whatever was added to it, jet fuel, whatever, all of a sudden, that's a carcinogen. And that's why all those firefighters and first responders got cancer from being on that site around that stuff all the time. And I've had, I used to be that weed person because I love smoking weed. I haven't done it in three or four years now, like at all, because I I just am starting to see how that was like this whole, no one's ever died from weed, nothing's, and and, and now you're starting to learn that that is not the truth. And there's, I I feel like it was inducing anxiety on me. There's lots of um, studies showing that it could cause psychosis as you get older and all this stuff. And that was why I got off of it. And another thing that I have to say about that too is when they say that people are getting cancer and stuff from from cigarettes weed has only been like okay to say out loud to your doctor in the past couple of years right if they said to you even when we were in our 20s like um do you do you do at recreational drugs you would probably say no to your doctor because you're scared you're going to get in trouble or something or they're going to judge you and yeah. you just don't want to feel that so how do we really know if people were smoking weed this whole time if they were getting lung cancer from it or not. Like, you just don't, you don't really know. I think that now that it's legal most places and now we could kind of monitor it a little bit more and people are more open to saying that they use it, we'll we'll see what happens in 10 years from now. You were mentioning that when somebody takes something out of a body, whether it's a breast implant or a bullet, it comes to you guys and you take a look at it. Are you seeing an increase in breast cancer? What are they calling it? Implant disease? Breast implant illness, you're saying? Yes, yes, yes. So it does seem like it's a real thing that every person doesn't experience. And a lot of these things that come up like fatigue and stuff, it's women will get breast implants when they're 20 and then when they're 35 they start saying they feel fatigue it's from their implants and this and that and you're like well that happens when you're 35 too. sure so there's like this back and forth thing with it but there are people that get them taken out and don't get them replaced and when I first started working in pathology I would get a lot of these like the old school ones that used to cause problems that ruptured Oof. they were crazy because they were made with like silicone um, almost like glue stuff that you would get at like Home Depot inside the bag. So when they ruptured and we would just take them out to examine them, it it was so sticky. It would stick to our floor. We didn't have any chemicals to even clean it up because think about getting glue all over the place. Like how do you clean that up if you don't have special solvents to get it up? And that's just inside your body. Yeah. And it was leaking inside these women's bodies. So now they're they're solidified um, silicone. So even if they rupture, they kind of stay in one place and they don't cause as many problems. But 
Yeah, I mean, people, again, people don't realize that women have problems with these things all the time. With the rise of cosmetic surgery, things like BBLs, butt shots, silicone injections, you know, filler injections, all that kind of stuff. Are you seeing an increase in people dying and getting sick because of that? I haven't personally seen that, but we just did, we did another celebrity death dissection a couple, a couple weeks ago on a celebrity who died as a result of getting a BBL um, there was a, there was a lot of medical medical examiners and surgeons got together because there was such an increase in these deaths. It's the highest cause of death in plastic surgery. The procedure. BBL, yeah, right, yeah. And um, wait, can you just for a second, will you explain what the BBL is? So a BBL is a Brazilian butt lift, and it it became popular with like Kardashian people and stuff. <laughs> and what they do is they take fat from one area of your body and transfer it to another area of your body. And they're supposed to do it on a certain plane over your gluteus maximus muscle. So it because if you go within the muscle, there's a risk that you could hit the gluteal artery and then the fat then could get into your body and cause an embolism. It could travel around and get stuck in your lung just like a blood clot could. And with the surgery, there's a higher propensity for that to happen. If the surgeon's not good. Okay. The, the thing is, is that they have these clinics that they set up and they do way more procedures a day than they should. And doctors are rushing. They might not have the best training. And that seemed to be ha- what happened in her kind of case too. And, but it it's a bunch of surgeons and medical examiners got together and like dissected these people that died from this to find out like exactly what happened and they would cut through the gluteus maximus muscle and see like fat embedded in there, which means that they were sticking the tool like way too deep, which would probably give you like a more desired effect. So that's like another, that would probably look better as far as a surgery standpoint, but it's way more dangerous and any like respectable surgeon probably would touch that because it's so risky, you know? Um, You go by, I, I will let you say it in it's Latin. Oh yeah, mortuai vivo stocent, which means the dead teach the living. Because how would we learn about anything? How would we know what to stay away from if we didn't see all of these? So as much as it creeps people out and it freaks people out, it's so important. And I'm really glad that people like you are doing it because I know I couldn't. I know we talked about what the most common cause of death in young people would be. What is the most common cause of death just in general? I don't really know. I don't really want to say because I don't know statistics wise. Um, I should ask, I would say, what do you see the most? It's difficult because if someone has cancer and has stage four cancer and they go home and they're dying and they're on hospice, there's a high probability that we would never autopsy them because okay. we don't do autopsies on everyone that dies because there, it just would be impossible because so many people die every day. I know everybody thinks that people just started dying during COVID, but like- <laughs> They've People, been dying a long they've time. They've been dying, <laughs> yes, for a long time, every day. So usually, especially hospital autopsies are driven by the family. Like, they want to know what happened to their loved one. And if if you know that your your loved one has stage 4 pancreas cancer and that's when they're dying, like, why, why give sure. them an autopsy? So even though we do see cancer sometimes at autopsy, it's it's not really a good representation of like how many people are actually dying from cancer. And then other times we get just interesting cases of people that might've been sick in the hospital for a couple of weeks and they really didn't know what was going on with them. And then we did the autopsy and figured it out. A lot of times if a person's really sick, they can't do really invasive biopsies and stuff to figure out what's going on because they're just too sick to get anesthesia or something. I was in the hospital for a couple of weeks over the summer. Oh, were and you? Yeah. So it was an issue with my kidney that to this day, we're not 100% sure exactly how it happened or why it happened. When Andrew came to give me this book, we opened it just to a random page and it was on the kidney page. Oh, wow. And both of us just kind of stopped for a second like I don't know if this means anything or what this means but that's crazy and that's when I started flipping through and seeing all these other things and then telling myself I have all of these issues which hopefully I don't but the book is fascinating it's Nicole and Jemmy's anatomy book a catalog of familiar rare and unusual pathologies how long did this take you it took it took a couple years honestly it is Um, thick it wasn't the writing that took the long time. It was the getting everything I wanted and communicating with people, interviewing, because there's over 100 cases in the book, and I interviewed every single person, had to get them to fill out like photo release forms. And so I did A through Z, all of your body parts, and then I had to find cases for all of those body parts. And some of them were more obscure and not as easy to find. Do you have a favorite couple cases in here? Yeah, I do. Um, 
this girl was in a car accident, which anybody, a woman was in a car accident. Anybody could understand that. But her arm got pinned in the car and they said basically like, we can't move this car. We have to cut your arm off right here. Oh, right I, there. Yes. Uh-huh. Like, like on the scene. And I thought, oh my God, like people need to read this because this is, this is insane. Think about you being wide awake and them telling you like, we're going to have to send a surgeon there to cut your arm off right now. I just can't even imagine what you would mentally go through. She learned how to like tie her shoes with one arm. Like it just amazing stories of, she sent me a video of herself tying a shoe and she just has this attitude like, no, I'm going to figure that out. I'm going to do that. And I love that. That's the kind of stuff I wanted to share. It's th- this book is fascinating. I thank it's, you. It's one of those I want to leave on my coffee table <laughs> just so people pick it up and start flipping through. Like, what the fuck <laughs> is that? Oh my god! But I know our time is up. I could probably talk to you for a thousand hours, but instead I will tell everybody else to follow you at Mrs. N. Jemmy on Instagram. You can Google The Gross Room to find her website. And she also has a podcast called Mother Knows Death. I have a feeling I'm going to be seeing you and hearing from you a whole lot more. Thank you. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Andrew, were you happy with that? Everything I wanted and more. <laughs> I Your brain actually fascinates me because you seem so happy and like life is so amazing. Everything's wonderful. And then you have all these little dark, twisted sides of you yeah. that you hide so well. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Signs of a serial killer. Uh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> you're, you're on a podcast, Serial Killers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Serial with a C. Right, Serial with a C. Yeah. No, but we know what I was talking about. <laughs> anyway, time for the burn book. I've been loving this segment so much. The two people that we burned were somehow ourselves. 
and Kevin G. The clownery. The clownery, <laughs> indeed. The burn book in itself is just trash, but I love it. Like, what small minor inconvenience is pissing you off today? Let me tell you. You know who I want to put in my burn book? I know you know this. I was going to have a guest on the show. She goes by Elizabeth Ovison now, formerly known as Corinne Steffens. If you were around in the early 2000s and read trashy books like I did, she had a series called Confessions of a Video Vixen. My sister was obsessed with that book series. Yeah. Fascinating, Andrew. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I will like drop a reference from these books because they're so crazy and she never got sued for any of it. So you think, okay, this stuff is true. Now, I was so obsessed with those books back when they came out. I think I read all three of them in like one bath. It's an easy read, fascinating. <laughs> one bath. One bath. <laughs> so when I saw that she was online and now she's under a different name, what, what are you laughing I'm at? So sorry, I've just never heard of a bath as a measurement of time. Now you have. <laughs> one bath, all three. Bam, bam, bam. Just knock them out. So it might have gotten cold. I don't know. But I was in there. That's, how, that's specifically how I remember reading those books. So I saw she's kind of done this like reinvention of herself and she's got this sort of blog and like women's help, self-help thing going on that I thought, okay, this is interesting. I love to see a good plot twist, a turn in life, people evolving, going from one thing to another. So I reached out to her to say, hey, you want to be on this podcast? She was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. You saw these emails back and forth. We decided we were going to lock down a date. She changed the date a couple times. She actually wanted to fly in from L.A., mm -hmm to sit in here and do the podcast, which I love that. I'm not going to stop anyone. She said she had some other business here. All good. Change the date a couple times. No problem. I live here. We can do it whenever you want. Now, when we do these things, we ask people to send us a one sheet. And a one sheet is? It's basically just a bio, picture. Tell us a little bit about your current project. Right. She sent us novels of things. There were like 17 different projects. The bio was pages and pages long. There was a lot going on. So I asked her a few days before, hey, you think you could just send us a one sheet of what's going on? And she didn't do it. Not a big deal. Now we're getting ready for the morning of. She's been in town. We see her posting on Instagram that she's in New York. And I say to her, because there was some stuff going on behind the scenes here, hey, how long are you in town? Because that specific day, we were missing like three people from the show. Things were a little chaotic. I said, hey, if you're in town and you can do this tomorrow, let's do it tomorrow. Things got a little bit chaotic behind the scenes here. But if you can't, no problem. Still happy to make it work. I'm excited to see you. She says, awesome. I'll see you in a few minutes. Fast forward, getting ready to do this interview. I open my email. A gasp. I got basically told off by this woman, and the reasoning was bizarre. Hold on. Let me pull up the email. Andrew, do you want to do the dramatic recreation, or should I? The scream you scrumped. The scream. I was like, what? what? <laughs> this is insane. I just remember when you got the message, you were like, um, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Okay, you do it. You're way better at dramatic readings. Coming around the desk. I like that your arms are so short that you can't... My arms are long, Andrew. Okay. So now keep in mind, the last email from her was great. See you in a few minutes. And roll. Hi, Maida. To be frank, I'm unnerved by the quote-unquote chaotic circumstances you've described. And frankly, I wish you had never exposed me to that energy. What? It's unusual at best to rattle a guest before an appearance. I'm also not quite sure if you even know who I am or which topics you'd like to cover. Ma'am, I do and I do. I sent you everything you needed to know weeks ago, but still don't feel as if you're prepared or organized. <gasps> Although I came here specifically for this interview, I'm now thinking it was a mistake based on your last minute communications, and I've decided to forego the interview. I got Thanks. told off, by the way, her nickname was Superhead. I got told <laughs> off by Superhead in an email for being unprepared and chaotic. She said I never should have brought her that energy. I, okay, fine. Maybe Maybe not. I've learned for the future. But let me just say, I know the energy she's been around. We all read these books. That was not the thing that should have knocked her off her game. But here we are. And that is why I am flaming Elizabeth Ovison, a.k.a. Corinne Steffens, a.k.a. Superhead. Welcome to your burn book. <laughs> Glued and done. Done. And now we get to the Ask Me Anything. You yes. want to go through them? Let me see what I have for you. All right, so for your Ask Me Anything, okay, uh, so many great questions. This one comes from H. Wargak I11. <laughs> that sounds like not a bot. <laughs> um, totally not. <laughs> um, how many tattoos do you have? Oh, how many do you think I have, Andrew? I'll just ask you this. Um, four. Ooh, you're one short. I have three oh, okay. at the moment. I want to get two more. 
I have the places picked out and all of my tattoos are in places where nobody would see them unless I wanted them to. So I have one on my hip. I have one on my left butt cheek and I have one <laughs> that's pretty big that goes across my heart. Huh. And I love all of them except the one on my hip, which is absolutely jailhouse trash. What is it? It was a bad idea, but it was a good idea at the moment. So, you know, I have a boyfriend who passed away while we were dating. And I thought it would be a wonderful idea to get his nickname tattooed on me when I was in a state of mourning and really not thinking clearly. Okay. So I went to this little shitty place in Fort Lauderdale Beach. And the guy was like, yeah, no problem. Like smoking a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, no problem. And I th he just like hand wrote it in cursive. It's the ugliest, shittiest tattoo ever. What does it and say? Uh, it's his nickname. So his name, Haji from, um, I forget what the cartoon was because I never watched it. Uh, Johnny Quest. Does mm. that sound right? Yeah. Um, Haji from Johnny Quest. Yeah. It was Haji from Johnny Quest. So it says my Haji and it's just written terribly. I think it's like, you know how they kind of bleed after a while. It's green. It's not even black anymore. It's so bad. I'm going to get it fixed. Mm. Our buddies at Ink said, whatever you want, like come in, we'll take care of it. We do this stuff all the time. You could even laser it off. I don't want to laser it off. Mm -hmm. I want it to be there. I just want it to evolve Got it. from the piece of shit jailhouse <laughs> tattoo that it is. The other one is an ohm sign, and then the one across my heart says, this too shall pass, but it looks like a radio wave and a heartbeat together. Oh. And it's got a little bit of drippy blood on it. Oh. Yeah, and nobody will ever see it unless I want them to. I love that. Thanks. Huh. And that's our Ask Me Anything. That was so fun. And that wraps up the podcast. So episode three, Andrew. In the books. Done. I'm oh, so Scotty hates when I say that. You want to say hi, Scott? Hi. Oh, my what God. What book are you talking about? Nope. Bye. Okay. And on that note, we're out of here. Follow you on at Baby Hot Sauce. Yes. Make sure you like, subscribe. Make sure you review this podcast. Yeah. Share it with your friends. The response has been so amazing. You've gotten so many downloads the first couple of episodes. It's Let's been awesome. keep it going. Everyone is awesome. Yes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.